Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast, a disappointing Timberwolves loss to the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday night. Hard fought. The Wolves led at halftime. They led early in the third quarter. We'll talk about what happened uh, in that second half that allowed this thing to kind of slip away from the Wolves. Also, what went well. I mean, it was a generally good cat game, a good ant game. We'll break down both sides of the floor and uh, the biggest takeaways from this one as the Wolves failed to gain additional ground in the Western Conference playoff race. It's all coming to the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Thursday, everybody. And uh, disappointing Wolves lost Wednesday to the Suns. Uh, it was a golden opportunity to uh, really move into fifth place with a chance at fourth place. Had the Timberwolves won, or I guess technically a tie for fifth place. But unfortunately, the Wolves now have lost the potential tiebreaker to the Suns. They are you know, still in the seventh spot in the West. And, and yet it was a good game. The Wolves played hard despite the Suns being a really difficult matchup. And I want to break down why it's so difficult for the Wolves to match up against the Suns as part of today's show. Uh, we'll do individual studs and duds later, the whole thing here on the postgame pod. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. You can find this show and all the other Minnesota podcasts on Lockdown on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, and that's downloadable on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Again, download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on either Roku or Amazon Fire TV to watch the show and all the other Minnesota Lockdown shows. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at my account, which is at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, so the stakes in this one, of course, are high. I mean, there's only five regular season games left now after this game. So, of course, they were. Like, it's it's redundant to say that. However, the way that the Western Conference breaks out, a win would have put the Timberwolves into a, uh, well, still a tie with Golden State for sixth. However, the Wolves would have had the tiebreakers. They would have been technically alone in sixth. They would have been only a half game behind the Clippers for fifth with that tiebreaker and only a game behind the Suns for fourth with that tiebreaker had the Wolves won this game. Unfortunately, they lost. And now they're a game behind Golden State. They've split the season series with Golden State. And now the conference record after the Warriors won last night, the Wolves only have a half game lead in conference record, which is the third tiebreaker. So the Wolves are seventh. If the Warriors win their next game and the Wolves lose their next game, it's going to be really hard to get back out of that play-in with just four on the schedule. Um, So, uh, like, at the risk of sounding like a completely broken record, every game is so massive moving forward. And here's the thing. The Wolves competed in this one against the Suns. Uh, Minnesota was up by three points at halftime. I thought it was a really well-played first half. The first quarter was sloppy offensively. Uh, But the second quarter was really, really good. It was one of the better all-around quarters we've seen for the Wolves. I mean, obviously, they've they've been on a four-game win streak. But this was just against a really good team on the road. Emotional Kevin Durant uh, home debut after returning from the injury, missing the last three weeks with a sprained ankle. And uh, McDaniels playing great defense on him early. Ant playing great defense on Durant early when he was on him. And, and the Wolves offense, the second unit, Nas, everything just kind of humming. Cat had a massive, I think he had 12 points in the second quarter, 20 points at halftime after sitting out on Monday in Sacramento. And the Wolves were up three at halftime. But the story of the game, the headline here, 
was the Timberwolves turnovers and sloppy offense. I know people want to talk about the officiating. We'll get there. But to me, it was the turnovers and the sloppy offense that have to be the headliner in this one. I mean, the Wolves turned the ball over 21 times in this game. This is like it's like a November, December Timberwolves showing in terms of lack of taking care of the basketball. 21 turnovers for the Wolves. The Phoenix Suns had eight turnovers in this game. Six from Rudy Gobert, which is an ungodly number for a guy who uh, touches the ball very rarely. He shot the ball five times in this game. Now, of course, I believe five of those, maybe four of those were offensive fouls. I mean, he committed five fouls in this game. I think four of his five fouls were offensive. So four of his six turnovers would then be offensive fouls. Cat committed six turnovers, a couple of those offense um, offensive fouls as well. Uh, Kyle Anderson, five turnovers. So Towns, Gobert, and Anderson combined to commit 17 of the Timberwolves' 21 turnovers in this game. And the Suns, as a team, only committed eight turnovers. That's the headline. And it, the offense was a little disjointed, but, like, it didn't... It's crazy, because on Sunday against Sacramento, or, excuse me, Monday against Sacramento, what did the Wolves have? Six turnovers in that... Or eight turnovers total in that game, I think. I'm going to pull it up real quick. It was like eight, nine, ten turnovers, something like that. Uh, they had... Six turnovers on Monday in Sacramento. Rudy Gobert alone had six turnovers in this game. Carl Tony Tones alone had six turnovers in this game. Um, and this game was played at a at a you know still a high pace, but not quite the pace of that Kings game on Sunday. I mean, the Suns are happy to play however you want to play, but that they're comfortable slowing the game down. It's one of the reasons why it's a tough matchup for the Wolves. But Minnesota committed 21 turnovers. The Suns committed eight. Just two days after, Minnesota committed six turnovers at Sacramento. And the offensive fouls are a huge part of it. And that's what makes it feel so disjointed, right? And, and at least, I guess, if there's a silver lining here, they're dead ball turnovers, right? You're not allowing transition points the other way. Uh, at least not uh, like e easy transition points the other way if, if it's a dead ball uh, turnover. But they're also completely unnecessary. And most of them were legitimate calls. And we can complain. We will. I'll complain a little about the officiating. But I think all but maybe one of the moving screens that were called on the Wolves were legitimate offensive fouls. Um, now, my gripe, of course, is that you could call a moving screen on almost every possession on almost every team in the entire league. And certainly on Rudy Gobert, it's almost Kevin Arnett syndrome where he'd get called once or twice a game. But basically, every time you set in a screen by the letter of the law, it's illegal. It's just the officials are picking and choosing when they're going to call it. And that's what drives me absolutely crazy. Like, if you don't like it, explain it and say, hey, you can't do this anymore. And, and like, obviously, nobody would like this. But call it, a bunch, call it a bunch of times in a row, I guess, a game like this. And maybe a player changes what he does. Rudy's not going to change, though, because this is how he sets screens. He gets called for it usually once or twice a game. But in this game, for whatever reason, the whistle just the whistles just kept coming and coming and coming. Um, but that was the biggest issue. It wasn't as much bad passing. I mean, Kyle Anderson was, had a couple of really bad plays mixed in. Um, and you know, Kat had a couple, like the one right before halftime that didn't burn the wolves where the wolves actually stopped the Suns with like 18 seconds left, could go back the other way, but towns just threw it directly to Devin Booker trying to outlet pass to Ant, and the Suns thankfully didn't score, but like it's plays like that, that they didn't make on Monday in Sacramento, and they managed to beat a good Kings team on the road by four points. But then they made those mistakes against another good team on the road on Wednesday and ended up losing by seven. So turnovers to me are the are, are problem 1A or, or the thing you would point to as the biggest issue in this game. Um, and, and 
Finch has talked a couple different times about reintegrating Carl Anthony Towns and making sure the Wolves aren't ball stopping. I actually don't think ball stopping was a problem at all in this game. I thought Cat still picked his spots well. I thought Ant, for the most part, picked his spots well. We'll talk a little more about Ant's performance later. Um, I don't. I didn't have a huge problem with the shot selection. It was really more at at times overpassing. At times, you know, Finch is always trying to get the Wolves to, to push the pace. I feel like sometimes it was to to their detriment in this game, only because they were just. I mean, like it's it's. It's a bit of a chicken or the egg, right? Because part of the reason they were so sloppy is because they were trying to play fast. But if you just make a better pass, then um, then like it, it's not a big deal. Like you could, it's just it, complete breakdowns trying to get out in transition, secondary break. The Wolves did not take advantage very often, and some sloppy half court passing too. Those are the biggest issues in this game. I do want to talk free throw discrepancy, and I do. Yes, the officiating was not great, but the Timberwolves bear some blame here for only shooting 12 free throws in this game. And I'll explain why here in just a minute. Um, and then after that, I've got a couple other takeaways. We'll talk about some individual, individual performances, and then we will get to individual studs and duds here in the final segment, as we always do on the post game podcast. First though, let's talk about our friends over at ultimate GM. Ultimate pro basketball GM is the coolest game that I played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM as it turns out, it's not all that easy. If you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go ahead and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities, both players and coaches, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, all the ups and downs of multiple seasons, and so on and so forth. All this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can also play on the go as you want and when you want to. There's currently a lockdown NBA host league ongoing. You better believe it's competitive. There's plenty of franchises just like the Timberwolves who are or plenty of hosts that have, are, are covering Wobegon franchises, if you will. And uh, they you can tell they really want it in this lockdown league. I mean, I mean, the, the hosts of the worst teams are the ones that that this this is super important to them to, to perform well at Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Lockdown Wolves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. Make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can scan the code on your screen right now. You can also look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, a couple additional takeaways in this game. We definitely do have to address the free throw discrepancy, but I'm going to take maybe what's an unpopular angle among Timberwolves faithful. And, and I don't talk about officiating a ton. I try and be very level-headed, balanced, um, objective on this podcast. And I think I do a fairly good job of that. Uh, so I'm going to come out and say this. Like, the officiating wasn't great. And I know Chris Finch talked about it after the game, and rightfully so. I think you have to when the other team has more than twice as many free throws as you. Um, but the Wolves didn't go to the basket quite enough in this game. Um, and and on, a, on a quick, just a quick, okay, well, let's start here. So the free throw discrepancy was 27 for the Suns. The Suns shot 27 free throws. The Timberwolves shot 12. Devin Booker alone shot 15 free throws in this game. The Timberwolves shot 12. Anthony Edwards attempted only three free throws. Carl Anthony Towns attempted two, and Rudy Gobert attempted two. So the three Timberwolves players that played the most 
And the two Timberwolves players who shot the ball the most, Edwards and Cat, combined to attempt 39 field goals in this game and combined to attempt five free throws. Now, there is something wrong there. I don't know that it's any different than any other game where the Wolves get a bad whistle. And maybe I guess that's maybe I should have led with that because that'll be a more popular opinion, right? But I but it's true. I I 100% think it's true. I've talked about I'm on record lots talking about this. The Wolves don't get a good whistle. They don't. And it's it's um it's a vicious cycle as I've said before, so bear with me if you've heard me say this, but the Wolves get a bad whistle. They complain I'll just say incessantly about it and they lead the league in technical fouls, in flagrant fouls, and ejections. And they complain about it incessantly. They get penalized probably even more unfairly for complaining about it. And then because of that, they get this reputation that, oh, these guys complain all the time. So they get more technicals and then they complain more because then they get more personal fouls called as well. And it's it really is a vicious cycle. And, and the Wolves are in part to blame. It is mostly the fault of the officials. Uh, like you can't let this stuff. You can't profile teams. It's not fair to to, to blanket uh, you know guys like Mike Conley who have never literally never gotten a technical in their lives are pretty frustrated and and you know feel like the Wolves don't get a good whistle. Like that's obvious. Guys who are new to the team, Kyle Anderson, even Torian Prince. I know he's around last year, but everybody seems to kind of understand like oh we're the Wolves, so you know we don't get a great whistle, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it's pretty frustrating. I don't know that this game was any different than any other. And the Wolves were in part culpable because they didn't shoot the ball in the paint enough in this game. Um, I went back and looked. And if my, if my, like this isn't an official count, this is my kind of freehand counting this. The Wolves had uh, 13, excuse me. The Wolves were outshot in the paint, not outscored. The Suns shot 13 shot attempts in the paint in the first quarter. The Wolves had 11. Second quarter, which was actually the Wolves' best quarter, they were out attempted in the paint 17 to 12. 17 to 12. The third quarter, it was 12 to 7. So the Wolves were a minus through three quarters just in terms of field goal attempts. Again, this is not points. This is attempts. The Wolves were a minus 12 in in field goal attempts in the paint. They actually played it to a draw, 11 to 11 in the fourth quarter. So this is not official. Again, my freehand count here, going back and looking real quickly and double-checking it against the shot chart, uh, actually the ESPN shot chart, which is eh, mostly accurate. Either way, the Suns attempted way more shots in the paint. So whether it was 10 or, you know, 9 or 11 or 12 or 8, it was a, it was more. The Suns shot the ball in the paint more often, and that's a big reason why. And of course, if if you get fouled and it's not an and one, it doesn't count as a field goal attempt. I get that. But this is a, a pretty good, uh, I don't know, snapshot of, of the team, which team was more aggressive. And the Wolves shot 35 threes. The Suns, Suns shot 20 threes, and that's how it should have been. The Suns don't shoot a ton of threes. The Wolves do, or they'd like to. So that balance isn't too wacky, but like that, when, you know, almost half of your shot attempts, eh, 35 of 90 shot attempts for the Wolves are from three, and only 20 of 96 for the Suns are from three. Of course, the team that's shooting more twos is going to get to line more often. Now, the Suns also shoot a more two-point uh, mid-range shots, non-paint twos, if you will, than any other team in the league, and and that was a big reason why they ultimately won this game because they were they're so good on non-paint twos. They've got three of the best mid-range shooters this generation, and Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Chris Paul. Uh, they also did get into the paint more often, and it's not really the Suns' game, right? Like they're not it's not really what they do. It's what Kevin Durant does, and and to a lesser extent, Devin Booker, but. Booker shooting 15 free throws in this game, 15 free throws for Devin Booker, 12 free throws for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I mean, just, just skimming Devin Booker's uh, game log, he shot 15 free throws in a game two other times this year. So this, 
ties his season high for free throw attempts in a game. He shot double digit free throw attempts a total of four times in the month of March. He shot double digit free throw times, uh, double digit free throws zero times in February. I know he had an injury um, that that spanned January into the first part of February. Going back to December, he shot double digit free throws twice in a month. So this isn't like a James Harden prime, you know, prime James Harden example. This is Booker gets the line quite a bit, but usually not quite this much. And I know the Wolves have a reputation for fouling, but that's part of my gripe is that I actually don't think they were any more, you know, handsy or physical in this game than they are in any other night. And yet the Suns still end up shooting 40 free throws in this game. Um, or excuse me, that was the Kings the other night shot 40. What was it? 35, I think, in this game. 20, sorry, 27 free throws in this game. Um, I don't know. I That was a big issue. And, and the Wolves are partly to blame. The officiating is partly to blame. Credit the Suns for being aggressive, but but that to me, that that really stuck out. In general, though, I thought the Wolves were pretty good defensively, especially early in this game, but the Suns kind of kept it their game. Booker had some tough shots. I mean, both Jade McDaniels and Ant did a great job guarding Devin Booker early in this game. They did a great job guarding Kevin Durant early in this game. I thought Mike Conley was pretty good, not quite as good defensively as he was against Golden State and Sacramento earlier this week. But uh, McDaniels and Ant, so I, th- I was a little surprised by this. McDaniels guarded Booker to start the game mostly, and Ant was mostly guarding Kevin Durant. They both did a good job. They both did a really good job. And then as the game wore on, Booker kind of got it going. Durant didn't until he made that wide open three when Kyle Anderson was guarding him and was trying to help on, I think it was Chris Paul actually, and didn't get recovered a KD in time. And KD knocked down the three from the top of the arc. Um, and then from that point on, it was all bets are off with Kevin Durant. Now, still, he didn't look like the normal version of Kevin Durant that we're used to seeing. This was more about Devin Booker and then also Chris Paul pick and roll game down the stretch really kind of, you know, he's a master of the pick and roll, right? And he showed that. We've seen this time and time again where he slows the game down to his pace and he hits a big three, which he did in this game. Or he, you know, throws a ridiculous pocket pass, which he did in this game. I think the, I think it was him to DeAndre Ayton for uh, a couple of big baskets down the stretch. So uh, the Suns are a tough matchup for the Wolves. Um, they're aggressive offensively. They have enough talent defensively, enough size with guys like Aiton and, you know, talent with guys like Josh Kogi and Durant and Chris Paul if they lock in. Like, this is just a, a tough team. And they're so good with non-paint twos. They're so good for the mid-range. And the Wolves are bad at defending that because of play drop coverage so often, uh, fouling a lot, falling for pump fakes, et cetera. Um, the Wolves did play well in the glass in this game, which was a key that I, I had for this one. The Wolves ended up being a plus six on the glass, which is nice. Uh, but um, it just, you know, guarding the mid-range is not a strong suit of the Wolves, and it is a scoring for the mid-range is a very much a strong suit of the Phoenix Suns. All right, let's close the show here today by looking at individual studs and duds. We're going to do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The college basketball tournament is heating up, of course, the final four game, and then also the championship is this weekend. Uh, There's no better place to get in on the action than our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. It's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on 
to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, let's close this thing out with individual studs and duds. I thought for the Wolves, Anthony Edwards was probably the best all-around player on the floor. I know Cat was so good in the first half. It, it's not entirely his fault. He didn't do much more in the second half. The Wolves just didn't get the ball in his hands quite as often, although they tried. Um, I, I do want to point that out. Like, well, okay, let's start with Cat. I'm not saying this is in no particular order. I, I occasionally will do this where I do them in order, like best player, second best, and sometimes I don't. I'm going to do them out of order today, so that's that's my disclaimer here. Let's talk about Cat first because... He scored 20 in the first half. He had 12 in the second quarter and um, only shot, I think, I should think had five shot attempts in the second half. The Wolves tried to run some of those flare screens, uh, you know, uh, pin downs, trying to get him three-point opportunities or at least clean catches where he can shoot the three or pump fake and drive. And he was, the Suns played it better. Give them credit. They were switching a bunch of stuff that, you know, Kogi was mucking things up like a Kogi does and Wolves fans are very aware of that. Uh, and then Cat was also just a little indecisive in the second half. Um, and credit to him for, I don't, I don't think he forced too much. Now, 10 of his 17 shot attempts were threes, which is fine because he was red hot from three and he's got to shoot more threes. But he didn't put the ball on the floor and drive quite as much. He had a couple of nice baskets early doing that. But he only got to the free throw line twice in this game. He shot 10 threes, only seven two-pointers. And he did have the six turnovers and a couple were moving screens. I don't think he was ever called for, I don't think he was called for any charges or, or off arm, you know, um, initiating contact with the ball as an offensive foul, which is, I actually think he's improved a little bit of that. Uh, well, I guess we've seen him, what, three times now since coming back from the uh, the calf. But uh, that was such a big issue the last couple of seasons for him. And, and that wasn't his number one issue in this game. So I thought Cap played well. He is one of my studs for this game. Um, and, I, and again, I don't put all the blame on him for not getting more shot attempts in the second half, but he was certainly more aggressive in the first half. And uh, the decision maker was maybe a little better than as well. My my number one stud, I thought the best player for the Wolves in this one was Anthony Edwards. He it was kind of a a, a slow drip for him to get to his thirty one points. Like it wasn't there was never this like ant rush or this ant like this push from Anthony Edwards. He had a couple of buckets late, um, but in general, I thought he played well. Thirty one points, thirteen and twenty two shooting. Only three of nine on threes, six assists, one steal, one block, only one turnover. And in a game when Gobert, Towns, and Anderson combined to turn it over 17 times, to have Edwards handle the ball as much as he did and play 40 minutes and only turn it over once is is impressive. Now, he had zero rebounds in 40 minutes, which is, um, I mean, he's going to be kicking himself when he sees that box score. I mean, that's like a that's like a first or second year Andrew Wiggins box score is what that is. Uh, so that's not good. But he did a lot of other stuff well. Um, and by the way, the Wolves were a plus on the glass. I said that earlier, so it didn't bite them too much. Although the Suns did get some big offensive rebounds late and you could go back and watch and I'm sure we could point the figure at Ant on some of those possessions. Um, but in general, a good Anthony Edwards game. I thought he played well and it was probably the Wolves best all around player on the floor in this one. Third stud has to be Nod Reed, Nas Reed. Excuse me. He's actually the only other Timberwolves player who scored in double figures. The Wolves had 31 from Ant, 25 from Cat, 15 from Nas. Nobody else scored more than seven for the Wolves in this game. Nas had 15 on five of 13 shooting, two of three outside the arc, three of five at the line. He led the Wolves in free throw attempts with five free throw attempts in 23 minutes. Six rebounds, two assists, and a block, only one turnover. Nas was very good early, had another good stint in the second half. Had a couple of bunnies like right at the rim, you know, go around the rim and out. He missed a couple of layups. He also had a three-pointer go in and out. So some bad luck there. He does just have to finish those at the rim, but he's hardly 
uh, the only one to blame when it comes to missing easy shots uh, ever, but also in this game. Uh, but I thought it was a good Nas game. I thought he was pretty good defensively too. I thought he was active. Um, just continues to be a really solid player. And, and I mean, has to see the floor as much as possible. And this is probably about the best we can hope for, you know, obviously unless there's foul trouble for Towns or Gobert. Um, but 23 minutes, what did he play? 21 the other night. Um, what did he play in Sacramento? He played, uh, yeah, 21 against Sacramento. So like low 20s is probably what we're going to get most nights from Nas, but he was very good in those minutes in this one. Duds in this game, I, I'm not going to give one to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He only played five minutes, didn't record a stat. I guess he had a rebound, but I don't know. He didn't really do much. Uh, I'll, I'll go Kyle Anderson. And you can make an argument for Mike Conley too, but I'll go Kyle Anderson, six points, 10 rebounds. He was the second leading rebounder on the Wolves, two assists, two blocks, but he did have five turnovers, shot just three of nine. Um, now, to be fair, he was questioned while the injury report added with an illness. So I, I'm sure he was feeling terrible under the weather. So I, I want to I want to point that out, but not his best performance. At least he was active on the glass, but you know, when Ann has zero rebounds, Kyle Anderson's got to grab 10. I mean, like that's, somebody's got to gobble those up. Conley, also not a great game. Seven points, nine rebounds, which, by the way, he was the third leading rebounder on the Timberwolves. Four assists, one steal, only one turnover, but he was just three of thir- 13 shooting, one of seven outside the arc. So he was two of six on two-pointers, one of seven on threes for Conley, and uh, just not his best performance. So uh, in general, not a bad game from the Wolves, just a really sloppy kind of most of the second half, I guess, really after the the, the first part of the third quarter was gone. It was pretty sloppy for the Wolves. Um, and that was the biggest thing. The turnovers, not being able to defend without fouling, not getting to the line themselves, and that was kind of the overall story from this one, and now the Wolves are by themselves in seventh place in the Western Conference. They're only half game up on the Lakers who won. Lakers won on on Wednesday, so Minnesota's a half game up on LA, and they play the Lakers on Friday night, a massive game. Um, So, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Every single game is a massive game, but Friday's going to be a ton of fun against the Lakers. Uh, if you missed the live postcast that we do with Marty Gellner after the majority of Wolves games, uh, that is the last episode on whatever audio platform you're listening to. If you're on YouTube, go find it on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. We will not have the live postcast Friday after the Lakers game and likely will not have it Sunday either, but we'll be back at it next week after this weekend's games. We will, of course, have the show on Friday, so we'll do uh, the regular Friday morning show and we'll preview Wolves-Lakers Friday night, among other things. So be sure to tune into that. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube and on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now you can make your second listen to Game to Game NBA podcast every moment, every top performance, and every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.